Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. You mentioned freedom a little bit ago, and I, I think uh, I'm, we, we play a running and gunning style here where we really value shooting threes and, and, okay. and playing, playing fast basketball. The biggest thing I've learned is just how much I have to uh, give up control in those moments for that, for that to happen. Uh, but you talk about freedom and what are some ideas behind freedom and how you get your guys playing that way? Right. So again, it really comes, it comes down to what Gary Smith taught me. So Gary, um, I said, when I decided to go with the system, I said, can I fly you in? You And he said, why are you going to fly me in? I said, because I got to know how hard we got to play on defense uh, and pressing. And he said, that's a good answer. Yes, you can fly me in. I'll spend, <laughs> I'll spend a week with you. He was retired. And so he came in. We had a great time. We went fishing, and, and he, helped, he helped to practice. But he basically said, George, if you're going to ask these kids to take a risk and, you know, uh, shoot a gap and try to get a steal, then you got to praise them for that, even if they don't make the steal and they get a layup behind them. Like you, you, you can't give him a double message. Even Paul Westhead said, I went out and spent um, time with him. Oh, wow. Coast. Yeah, about uh, a year and a half ago, right before the pandemic hit. So maybe a yeah. year. And Paul said, Coach Westhead said, you know, he had Hank Gathers and um, he was Bo Kimball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bo Kimball, those guys. And he was, he was having the kids face guard everybody all over the court. And one assistant came to him and said, you know, coach, if we could just get him to come off of his man and play a little help side, um, we, you know, we could, we could, we could stop that layup from happening. So he says, okay. You know, and he, and he told, he told, um, he told Hank, he said, uh, you know, come, come off your man. I know I have your face guard, come off your man, but I want you to play help side and see if you can stop this layup. And, Hank did it, and of course the guy kicks out and he hits a two or three, whatever, at that point. And uh, he, so he said, I got frustrated, and I called him over, and he said, Coach, I can do one thing. So I can either face guard, like you're asking me to do, and go for, go for steals, not, you know, not let him catch the ball. If the ball is thrown to him, I'll get a steal. Or I can play help side. But I can't do both. I, I, I cannot do both. It's the, the philosophy is either a risk-taking philosophy where we're going for steals, or a conservative philosophy where we're not allowing baskets. And he said, you're, you're absolutely right. I can't, I can't get you to do both. That's, that's unfair for me to ask you to do that. And so the idea of playing with freedom and the idea of letting a kid make a decision has to be supported by praising him for making that decision. Hmm. And even if he gets burned, if you're, if you're going to play fast and you're going to press and you're going to take risk and you're going to value steals, Patino used to always value deflections. So that was, he was sort of maybe a little bit middle ground there. Yeah. He said, you get like 35 deflections in a game, you're going to win. Um, we say if you turn them over three out of 10 possessions, we're going to win. So, you know, that means five of the other seven or six of the other seven, they may score. They may even score layups, but we're going to keep praising them if they try to make the steal, if they go for the risk, 
Um, and if if we don't do that, then you know it's double. It's we're teaching them to be double-minded, and uh, they won't play with freedom. They'll play tight. Yeah, you know, play tight. Same thing with shot selection. I'm so we, glad you said that because it, it yeah. just it seems the same way. Uh, every coach falls into that that habit of this is what I say I want, but when it doesn't happen, I'm I'm, I'm upset for you trying to do what I say I want. Right. And it just tightens people up and yeah, exactly. go into shot selection. Okay, so shot selection. So so it's shot selection is is easy for us in this sense. I'll say uh if the point guard throws you the ball from the backcourt to the front court, we want you to shoot it. Okay, so we think you're open enough to shoot it. And we're gonna come with the other four guys, and as soon as the point guard can get there, to try to get your offensive, you know, offensive rebound. But we want you so we don't want to tell anybody you can't shoot. So everybody can shoot. But so the question is, well, then, you know, like the 20% three-point shooter can shoot, has the freedom to shoot just as much as the 40% three-point shooter? The answer is, yes, he does. Okay. But we chart, and obviously during games you have stats, who is the better three-point shooter? So if you're on the court, with a 40% three-point shooter and an extra pass would get him the shot, then you would you would be deemed selfish not to do that. Right. So and so that smokes you out. That smokes you out. So we're gonna give you the freedom. We're not gonna say that's a bad shot. We're not gonna call you out in front of the team. I might turn to the assistant and say, he's pressing, you know, he's we're gonna say he's pre- he's trying a little bit to make himself a better shooter. I'm not going to scold him. Um, you know, we may have to wait till tomorrow's practice to remind everybody. Okay, in this shift on the floor, here's your 40% shooter. Here's your 35% shooter. Here's your 30% shooter. Here's your, you know, 25 and 20. And so, you know, we might reinforce that. And and so uh, we're not necessarily going to scold the 20% shooter, but he's got to know. I'm there to rebound. I'm there to make forced turnovers. I'm there to be disrupted defensively. I'm there to maybe get the ball to the 45% shooter. But if I'm open and nobody's guarding me and we're playing, then, you know, I know I have the freedom to shoot. So I, I, I don't need to be uptight about it. Right. And that, that's a critical, that is a really critical point of playing in the system is praising even failures if they try and risk taking and not scolding people who take shots, um, but being patient and trying to turn their heart to understand you want this guy shooting until you can get your shooting percentage up and you can get it up because we're going to shoot 200 threes in practice. And if you want to take the whole summer and work on your shot, it's going to go up. I mean, right, there's way guys, more incentive, way more incentive yeah, to work on got, your game. You have guys go from 20 to 40% over the course of their career, even over the course of a year or two. So it can improve, but until it improves, we still might put on the board your ranking among the team and then say, have at it, guys, have freedom. But, you know, you got to know where you where you rank. And, and uh, you kind of do it with a smile on your face, but yeah. you you find a way to, to let that be known, but but without scolding them or embarrassing them in front of the team. But the, but the key to that is is 
tracking because mm-hmm. because in practice um, we do. We, I mean, there's so many great shooting games. I'm going to ask you what your favorite one is in a little bit, but so many great shooting games. One we do is green, yellow, red shooting, and yeah. and there's uh, uh, nine spots, four minutes. So it's either shoot 90 or the four minute runs out. And I've got to the point where if they don't get to 90, I don't care what their make is because they have to start with a level of speed. And then over that time and then thinking the right way, the makes will come. But with that, I mean, what we do is in front of everybody, we just go around and go around. And and when these guys start to hear, okay, I'm a 30, I'm a 35, which would be in that kind of yellow range quite a bit. This dude's at 60 every time. Right. All that is is role identification daily, right. daily right. to where I'm kind of open, but like you just said, the one more is to a green light shooter. And then right. instead of celebrating the green light shooter, you celebrate the one more, the giving up of themselves. But coaches will hit their head against the wall all the time. Why aren't we shooting better shots or what about shot selection? But they don't have the daily conversations. Right. I think right. that's huge. Yeah, char- charting is exactly key. And oh, boy. When you when you say okay, we're putting our groups together of three, and uh, we're going to put um, a high, you know, and a middle, and then a, a low percentage shooter together. The low percentage shooter, they always get their back up a little bit. They're like, Ugh. you know, like, but they know they're in that group and they're the low percentage shooter. And you know, so at that point, the coaches just say, "Hey, deal with it." I mean, you know, like yeah. it's stats. We chart you all the time, and. Uh, you can get a little huffy about it, but that's where you're at. But with your system, yeah. it's really whatever role, whatever shooting role they have, it's completely up to them because one, they're told that they are allowed to shoot, but then right. all they have to do is put in the time necessary. I, I get to talk with coaches at, from time to time about shooting because we shoot a ton of threes here. And right. But the one thing I say is, you know, if, if you really want that engagement from all of your players well are you playing a style where they know that if they're open they'll have a chance because if not if your guy is just a screener why in the world would he spend more time shooting if he doesn't believe he can break out of that mold and that's where your style of play is it's freeing it is free and and uh we encourage them to to shoot more and our bigs get a ton better shooting over the course of their career here because they're allowed to, you know, we, we want them to. And then, and we, and we have some guys that are very unselfish and they know clearly I'm not that good of a three point shooter, but I am a great offensive rebounder. So I am going to really pad my numbers and help the team, you know, with my offensive rebounding. And so they, you know, it's like, it's not that they wouldn't dare shoot, but they just they just want to let somebody else because it's just a better, you know, it's a better deal. Yeah. Another weed that we have that I call I call it picking weeds. So you, you want to keep your garden, you know, clear of weeds. And so obviously if you let the weeds come up all over the place, you're overwhelmed, you can't do it. But a big weed that I don't want to grow in my garden is because we play players in short shifts. All right. So they have to come in and out real quickly. So one, you know, I have to catch it early, but they'll say, um, I'm not tired. And we go, oh, my goodness. So I kill, I pull that weed uh, for about two or three days straight. And I say, wow, this guy, you know, he came off. He says he's not tired. Like, how could that be? Like, there's no way. Like, he didn't, he didn't play hard. Like, 
And all of his other teammates played hard. And I can't believe it. And then so, you know, well, quietly, that person either be pulled from the shift or um, we keep acknowledging that they said that they weren't tired until they go, oh, I totally get it. If I don't kill myself in the short time that I'm on the floor, that is my fault because I'm going right back in. And and it's part of the system, you know, it's part of the system style play. So anyways, that's another weed where a player will say, I'm not tired. And we go, no, 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 that's you. That's on you. That's so on you. I believe okay, this is, this is, my wife is going to she's yeah. she's going to watch this and think, oh, no. He started because I, I I tried I, I, at the high school level. We tried to put this in a few years ago, right. and it's it's there's magic to it. And yeah. when you see the magic, it's hard to go back. And right. and we had some we had some players, uh, football players, come into the team. We had a culture. We had some player come in. Right. Uh, we had some good players start to resent it. And it and and I just. I, I had a talk with my athletic director and it was a very nice talk, but basically I had to go back to having uh, more of a, what, what a normal person can go to the gym and see, okay, there's defense being played, even though I knew right, how right. hard of we we're working defensively, right, right, right. the goal is just different. Um, but uh, one thing I saw that was a uh, magical about playing that way and I take away the fear of if I miss a shot or make a mistake, I'm coming out. Take that away. Mm-hmm. Take away the fear of if I come out, I'll never get back in. Right. And in there, in there lies the freest you can play in the most purest form of basketball that, that's out there. I but agree. You, you got to – I used to just tell my athletic director, like, they just can't see it. They that's can't right. see it. It's that's hard right. to grasp. That is really true. And I, I will say – let me make a couple comments on that. I had a kid – who was, he's a doctor now, and uh, he is um, brilliant, you know, and he was a great player. He's really athletic, and but he was, a, I would call him a bundle of nerves. Like, he just was so nervous about making mistakes, and, you know, was this a good shot or a bad shot? So, literally, his junior year um, was when we went to the system, and he had said, I don't think I'm going to like this because it's, you know, it seems chaotic, and he was always all nervous and trying to, so I said, Michael, you just need to go with it. And he played with such freedom and realized that I was not going to get on him for a mistake. And that, you know, he would go right back in the game as soon as he uh, was taken out. It was a very good player. And it his game just uh, exploded. I mean, he was just so good. And so um, the, the the thing about it is it – it it bubbles. He was never a selfish player, but it bubbles bubbles up to the surface. Those that are selfish really quick, and ultimately, the guys that say I don't want to play the system, they're ultimately they're selfish. It's a and hard that, issue, no doubt. It's a hard issue, right? Yep. And, and and like so, if they say I just can't do it i need to be highlighted more i need to be playing more i need to be in more pick and roll or whatever situation they want to be in ultimately what you're saying is i just don't want to give to the team everything like so i say look guys i'm only asking i'm not asking for much only every last drop of your blood that's all i 
<laughs> just everything. Everything. And so, but if they can't do that, then it it just it it this style of play forces that to surface. And unfortunately, I think in today's culture, um, you know, and I mean I, I don't want to get into this, but I think it's not even the kid, mm. it's sometimes the parent. You know, the parents like, no, nah, my kid needs this, my kid needs that. We have these expectations, we have these goals. And if my kid's not highlighted, you know, I we don't want to be a part of it. And the kid would say, I love it. Like I am totally comfortable with it. But I just it's my parents and my dad and my mom. So somebody's putting the pressure on me. So it's a culture. We are, we're, we're averaging, we're six and two, we're averaging 94 a game without a shot clock. And if you saw, we're a small, like I said, a small private school. So it's not like, it's not like uh, just crazy athletes running around. Um, 15 dudes are playing. The bench is the, the livest I've ever seen it. More spirit than ever before. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're, you know, we scored 113 and, 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 and one, one, one oh third, one thirteen to like one Oh four is the most fun game I've ever been a part of. But I got that response from this isn't, basketball and it won't translate to the next level right and and so yeah it is it there's a lot of the um the gold and the like the magic again behind the system it's just hard to to grasp do you find so you get to recruit yeah guys that you feel like maybe when you meet with them they would be on board with this yeah that's true and and of course i try to explain it's hard to completely explain and then players get here and nine out of ten, or I would say ten, nine point nine out of ten, would say I absolutely love this. Like I, you know, I went and visited Pete Carroll, uh, the Seahawks coach, and I heard I said I heard you played music in practice, and he goes, yeah. And he makes everything competitive, and there's a lot of enthusiasm in his practice. You can kind of see that on the sidelines the way he coaches. But um, we play music. It practices over. It's two hours, and the the new kids will say we're done and I go we're done and they go wow that was like this is the most fun I've ever had in practice it didn't really stop we kept moving we had music playing part of the time uh we got after it we played hard so um but what you're talking about is I I I don't know what to tell like I talked to um Josh Pasture uh, a lot at Georgia Tech he's really he really likes the system and he really is always thinking about, you know, speeding up the game and maybe doing this. And he goes, do you think I could do it? And I said, I, I wouldn't do it, Josh. Not at Georgia Tech. <laughs> I mean, you've got all those guards at Duke and UNC. They're very good. But the, the issue is, you know, he's under contract. There's expectations. There's a lot of money involved. Um, at the high school, like you said, there's just different expectations. And I'm literally at a spot where I'm a little bit removed from parents because they, you know, I get kids from all over. Um, and I'm not, I'm not in this media pressurized, high profile, um, um, lucrative division. If I was in division one, obviously that would be, now uh, my former athletic director says, George, just at the end of your career, please, Go to like the worst <laughs> team in America, and you know they haven't won two games a year for the last ten years, and just take the system and just say you have nothing to lose, give it a shot. And so we always think, well, that would be fun if but, you do that. If you yeah. do that, yeah. 
<laughs> call me. Okay. And I'll see what Janet with my wife thinks. Yeah. That okay. would be that yeah. would be something incredible. That'd be, that'd be super fun. So, but um you you do have to have it's the culture. Yeah. You know, you go, Matt, you go to these high school games, scores like 32 to 31 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's so bad. And both teams are playing zone. The kids aren't tired. The kids come; they're having sweated. They don't. Even, they can't even go get a pizza after the game because they're not. They haven't expended themselves, and it is a tragedy because the whole reason the coaches played like that was to control the game and to win the game, and that was the highest value. Yep. And it's it's just it's unfortunate. Young people have energy. Let's release it. Let's don't stifle it. So anyway. So I gotta ask because you you almost said it right there. You I watched this uh, uh a, a special about your program and and one and some of the signs that you have in your locker room. Yeah. And yeah. there was one. Uh, yeah. uh, talk about devalue winning. That sign. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it does. It says play with freedom, devalue winning, and. What we mean is um, we like, okay, so we played Illinois State this year. Bob Costas, his wife, his wife is an Illinois State graduate. And he saw the score of the game and we got killed. But he praised us because we played our style and we ran with Illinois State. We said we scored 108 points in their arena. And that's probably a record, especially a, a division three against division one. Yeah. But um, the idea of, you know, um, playing like this and playing differently is so countercultural. The The whole culture, and I, part of it's the Western world, part of it's the Puritan work ethic. I don't know. You have to go really way back to see how we put so much emphasis on winning. I mean, Matt, you know, honestly, like if you say to me, such and such a coach cheated to win, I go, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't he? I mean, it's it's almost more important. It was like yeah. almost more important for Lance Armstrong to win seven Tour de France's than, you know, he raised $5 million or $50 million. I don't know how much for cancer research. Um, but then it came out that he cheated. So we go, oh, boo. But I go, no, that's you kind of forced him to do that. Yeah. Well, the whole culture forced him to do it. So this all-consuming um, desire to win has skewed athletics so much. We've lost the sportsmanship piece. We've lost the gentlemanship. We we say that cheating is like gamesmanship, and it's not that's such a bad thing. So um Anyways, we're just going to go all in counterculture and we're going to say de-emphasize the win. And it is hard. Like, I have to re-educate my kids from ESPN every night. You know, like they watch that. It's fun. We talk about it. It's fun for us to win, no doubt. But we, I have to, the proof is in losing, right? So we go down to the locker room and we go, this is something Frosty would say, hey, we lost, but we didn't lose. Everybody goes, what do you mean we lost? But we didn't lose. And you go, look at we got better as a team. We did these good things. Let's let's find what's praiseworthy about tonight's performance. Now, if your attitude was bad, yeah, okay, we're gonna have a conversation. If your effort was bad, we're gonna have a conversation. 
But other than those two things, there's a lot of other things you couldn't control. Maybe they were bigger, stronger, faster. Maybe we didn't play well tonight. Maybe the ball didn't bounce our way. But overall, there are praiseworthy things from tonight's performance. And we're going to leave this locker room feeling good about ourselves, especially if our attitude and effort was good. And so if, like, if you put de-emphasize the win on the board downstairs and then you don't win, then you got to come back in the locker room and go, hey, what was great about tonight's game? And if you can't do that, then you can't put the sign up on the wall. Yeah. That makes sense? It does. Uh, and I, I, I can see how that, that mentality helps uh, with the freedom that you guys play with. But I think a misconception is that, okay, because we're – we de-emphasize winning so freedom can flourish or is that, did I say it right? Yeah. right. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So because of that, well, then they just allow anything. Right. Well, no, I mean, it still comes back to, okay, are you, do you have the proper habits that uh, give us the best chance to win? Right. Effort, attitude, communication, those all those pieces. And yeah, if you, right. yeah, yeah. If you, if, but if those aren't in place, then, okay, we have to address it. So I, I, I'm glad that to hear, it's not that you're saying, it's not about this at all. What are all the good things? We never even go to that area of what, what coaching is, which is there's right. things we can improve. Oh, correct it. You yeah. got this one. And so, um, for example, uh, I will – I will. there are only two reasons I will scold the team. And I will scold them. And I will, I will get on them if their effort is bad, you know, because they can control that. And or if their attitude's bad. So we had a player <laughs> uh, talk back to a coach uh, right before we were playing Murray State, which is Division One. Obviously, John Morant was at our game, and um, we he talked back to the coach in the huddle, an, an assistant, and I heard it. So I did not do X's and O's or anything that whole half except address that you know, poor attitude of talking back to a coach. I mean, we may have done a few things, X to nose, but we're going to get killed. We're playing Murray State. They're Division yeah. One, we're Division Three. But you you just, but doesn't matter. You can still control your attitude. And so there are times when you do have to scold the kids, um, but it always centers around lack of attitude or lack of effort. Mm. And those are, those are two things that, you know, and like you said, communication and all that, we can, we can always improve that. We can, Ask for that, control that, but um, control, not control, control it, ask for it. But attitude and effort, they all know, yeah, coaches know. But here's the thing. Like when I was with Patino, he would come in and he would like give some crazy, uh, like, you know, challenge at the beginning of practice or before an individual instruction period. Like you got to get this many shots up, like a 500 or something. It was just like, just like insane. Like there's no way. And so uh, you would all kind of walk out onto the court, kind of like shaking your head. Like, <laughs> I can't believe, but then you would do it. Like he was a real can do guy and you would actually accomplish it. And then you'd walk back into the locker room going, kind of smiling, shaking your head going, I can't, we did it. Like, I can't believe it. And he believed in us that we could do that and we actually could do it. Mm. So, you know, um, people may see him or other coaches as these hothead coaches yelling at players, but it's really asking them to do 
what they probably didn't even think they could do, yeah. you know. And and uh, then if you actually accomplish it, he was just a real can-do guy. You kind of smile and shake your head like, wow. that's." And so when people walk out and they see our practice or they see a game or they see a score, they kind of walk out of the gym kind of with this wry smile on their face like, that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fun. That's great. Yeah, of course it was insane. Yeah. It's like Arsenault before his games, you know, it, it gets him in. Everybody, we're all huddled up before, and 99% of the, the programs in the country are going to say the same thing, you know, what we need to do to win. And his thing was, hey, let's put on a show. Let's put on a show. And, yeah. That, I'll tell you what. So have you talked to Dave? I actually had him. I, I did. I interviewed him, and it was okay. incredible. So he, he. So they're talking about the, the, the dad, the granddad, right? Yep, yep. Okay, so he's a pioneer. Like yeah. he's like Westhead. Like these guys are like they're geniuses in they're basketball. Geniuses. Yep. That's right. And they're not they're not like creative. Like they are pioneers. Like they're going where no one else is going. Like Arsenal sits on the other end of the bench. You know, he's he's just completely different. So this is what this is a clue when I was first starting this. I called Dave, you know, he says, George, all access, whatever you need. And uh, welcome to the dark side. I said, Dave, I'm not going to call it the dark side. I'm going to call it the resistance. Like we're fighting the dark side. That's right. And he said, okay, that's cool. So he goes, uh, I go, Dave, you're, you're close to me. I'm coming up to watch your game. We're going to finish practice early. I want to see you play this game. So he's playing up at Illinois College. And he sees me up several rows behind the bench. He says, come, come down, come down. So I go down the floor. It's like two, three minutes before the game. He said, uh, Hey man, you should have been at the game Saturday. He goes, we were up 28 in the second half and we lost <laughs> in spectacular fashion. <laughs> he goes, can you imagine being on the other team? He goes, that had to be the highlight of the career for those other kids. And I thought, okay, I get it. This, this guy is certifiably crazy. <laughs> and he can say something like that that's what allows him to do this. And that's what I got to say in my mind. Am I, am I certifiably crazy? Can I do this? And I thought, I can do it. Yeah. Because if he can say we lost in spectacular fashion up 28, then his perspective is completely different from everybody else's. Yeah. You know, and he's not going to change whether we win or lose. And I asked Gary Smith, I said to Gary, I said, Gary, when's enough enough? Like, we're, are we up 20 with 10 minutes to go? And, and he, he just looked at me and said, what? And I said, I mean, like, when do I pull off the system? He goes, you don't pull it off. You get 100 shots a game or whatever your goals are, 53s, force, you know, 32 turnovers, grab 35% of the offensive rebounds, for, shoot the ball 25 more times in the opponent. And that's when enough is enough, no matter what the score is. So early on, I, we were playing a team that wasn't as good. And I said, you think you guys can score 150 tonight? They're like, yeah, come and then I said, uh, one of the seniors said, let's hold the opponent to under 100. I said, no, no. no. <laughs> I said, yeah. for 150 and hold them to under 100. I said, all you got to do is hold them to under 149 or, uh, you know, uh, to 149. And they, they were like, oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, when you say stuff like that, it's, it's kind of a shake your head smile. Like, I can't believe we're talking about like this. But then you go out and do it, and like you said, it's magical. It's fun. It's different. So, 
Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.